Hello, everyone. Welcome to Op a Podcast, episode 42. Today, we have a shorter episode with only two of us uh, for hosting, myself, Jason, along with... Griffin. And today, we will be, unfortunately, uh, be discussing the um, loss against the Illini last weekend, uh, and then preview uh, Floyd Week, or uh, the Fight for the Pig, or Hate Week, Um you know, whatever term you want to use for this week against Iowa. Uh, along, of course, uh, add a couple of tidbits about Gopher sports and some areas in the pro world. So to get started, I want to highlight Gopher sports. I know we are primarily a football podcast, but we got to give some shout outs to our Golden Gopher uh, sports. So uh, last night, I believe, or two nights ago, uh, first year head coach Ben Johnson has won his first coaching debut. Um, where the Gophers defeated Kansas City 71-56, to earning him his first win as a Gopher head coach. And then uh, on the women's side, uh, even though they lost a, few day, a couple days ago or yesterday, um, they signed the top 10 national recruiting class for the 2022-2023 season. Uh, so, you know, shout out to Ben Johnson, but also shout out to Lindsey Whalen. Yeah, good for Lindsay. I know they had some drama in the program a couple of years ago. Just good players not meshing well with the coaching staff, internal struggles. And I think we're getting past that now and we're getting some fresh new people in here and restoring this program back to uh, the good days. Hell yeah. Then uh, next up, I do want to go and touch on uh, some r- rankings in the hockey world as well. So, of course, Minnesota is the state of hockey, uh, as all of us fans from Minnesota are aware of. So, looking ahead, women's hockey, Minnesota is currently ranked third in the nation, right behind Ohio State and Wisconsin, uh, with a 7-3-0 and record. And, of course, on that side, uh, head coach Brad Frost has been has received also a contract extension as well to stay on as head coach for a few more years, which is awesome. And Griff, we've only had two head coaches in program history. That's, wow. Yeah. <laughs> and like we and the program's been what almost twenty five years old at this point. So only two coaches in that span winning um seven national titles. Yes, it should be seven. Yep. And a uh, cool thing, too, a bunch of Gopher, Gopher alumni in the women's team are also in the Olympics this upcoming 2022 year as well. So shout out to women's hockey uh, for us. And then for Division One men's hockey, uh, Minnesota is currently at number six in the uh, USCHO rankings and I think number nine or eight in the pairwise. Uh, so, so in the top ten with a six and four record. Um, right now sitting behind St. Cloud State, Michigan, Michigan State, Minnesota Duluth, Quinnipiac, uh, in front of them in the USCHO rankings. But again, men's hockey, the record doesn't show up, but we've been having some close games uh, in conference and out of conference play. But we are still sixth in the nation. Um, but yeah, go men's hockey and Coach Motzko also getting a, scoring another good recruiting class as well. Another thing I want to add with women's hockey. Um, the f- the first head coach in program history, Laura Halderson, still works in Gopher Sports that I'm aware of. So that's really cool to 
not only have two, not only just have two coaches, but to have them both working currently within the department. I think it's really awesome to see and that's, that program is so strong. Yeah, that's really awesome. And what we talked about, you know, with PJ trying to do with football, women's hockey has pretty much cultural sustainability for 20 plus years too. Frosty, as they call them, has done a very good job of that. Yep. So um, just a, again, quick shout out to our Gopher Sports that um, out there. And also, if you missed any, you know, if you're a fan of track and field, cross country, golf, or any other sports, you know, feel free to try, chime in uh, either on our YouTube or our other platforms or even our social media. We are active on Facebook as much as we can. Um, so, yeah, just let us know. But shout out to our Gopher Sports and what they do. So, uh, Griff, next up. Uh, our disappointing loss to Illini, six to fourteen. Um, so I was in Chicago, enjoying a nice trip with my girlfriend and some friends. So, as you should have, I was not paying America after the past intensely as I would have. But um, I'll let you take the wheel from here because I have no clue what the hell happened. Well, first off, I'm glad that you weren't watching this game. Um, this was. I would have much rather been in Chicago uh, doing other things as well. Um, it was just, it was an abysmal performance just right out of the gate. Um, we had missed coverages on Brandon Peters' touchdown pass. No one, no one deep in the backfield or not back deep in the uh, deep on defense was able to pick him up. Newbin Howden, um, they score. Uh, Chase Brown, there was absolutely minimal run defense in the first quarter chase brown was running all over us he made us not look like a top five rush defense and not only not only to top it off after we settled down because giving up 14 points isn't too bad we could not get a rhythm going on offense we called the same plays that they probably thought we were going to call they would disguise coverages so what the only thing that I could say that I liked about this game was that, as I mentioned last week, Tanner, I want Tanner throwing 25, maybe maybe even 30 passes, and I think he hit 27. So I think that's a, a fair number, but credit to Illinois' defense. Um, we got behind early, and this is not a team that can come back the way we play football. It's the ground and pound. It's the time of possession, play with the lead. This same style of football is not going to work when you're down 14-0. to zero. It's not going to work when you miss field goals at the end of the half. Nothing we did was working, and ripping Sanford, um, as Soup would do right now, I'm going to be a little bit lighter on it. But there's we did nothing creative, absolutely nothing creative. And it's going to get to a point where you got to do something creative. And... I mean, I, I mean, I, I could go on for a while, but I think maybe we should save save a little bit of the heat because otherwise, I'm going to start getting getting mad and throwing my phone. Yeah, no. So like, th this is my knee jerk reaction. So I have finally seen the box scores and press conferences after coming back from Chicago. So here's what irked me. So here is play by play from everything. So in both all scoring drives and non scoring drives. This is just Minnesota alone. First half, interception, punt, turnover on downs, punt, punt, missed field goal, end of half. Second half, turnover on downs, punt, touchdown, 
uh, with a missed extra point and an interception on this final drive to try to win the game. When I see that, I'm like, what the hell happened? Of course, I obviously, the turnover on downs, we try to go for a fourth, like this fourth, I believe some of these were like fourth down and two or one that we did not get. Um, let's see here. Tanner had two turnovers uh, in the game. Uh, one was picked off, of course, in the first drive, and then the other interception at the end of the game, despite him slinging the ball 27 times, but only completing 15 of them uh, for 180 yards. Uh, our running game was pretty much silenced. Uh, Kai Thomas was our only lead rusher at 16 carries with 60 yards, uh, only having only a total of 89 yards on offense. Um, and you and I know it is off air. We've had more, we, uh, in terms of first downs, we were pretty close. We had 19 versus their 17 first downs, but it was like three for 13 on third downs and one for three on fourth downs the entire game. Um, so my knee-jerk reaction is this is not the goal for offense that we've been seeing the last four games uh, prior to the Illini game, right? The Capital One Saver Card. You earn un uh, my bad. ESPN's ads playing in the background. Don't know why they do that a lot. Like our, our you know ground and pound or whatever term that is um, was not working at all. It seemed pretty lackluster as you mentioned um and then i will rip uh this on the entire offensive side it's not just mike sanford i think you know it's all it's, uh, remember matt uh mike sanford and matt simon are co-offensive coordinators still by title and that was a lackluster offensive performance on either side of the ball both rushing and in the receiving core like I felt, I thought our receivers think, couldn't get the separation, um, and Tanner was underthrowing passes. Uh, defense, I think, got it together after the first quarter. But other than that, this was a repeat of the same Gopher team that lost to Bowling Green earlier in the season. That's what I saw uh, in the highlights and the stats. Um, it, I, I, I will say uh, I am very disappointed in what I saw uh, coming back. Um, this team is so good. We know it. You know, this defense is really good. We have a good rushing game. We have playmakers at the receiver level. We know Tanner can get dangerous. It's just lackluster. And like you said as well, I think the, uh, the play calling was just terrible. Um, I think our offensive line took a very small step back too because they were not dominating the line of scrimmage as much as they should have. Um, I mean, Illinois had six sacks. They absolutely got around everybody. And it was, it was not only was that just honestly hilarious to watch, but the, e the ESPN commentator said Sam Schluster every single time, and that was just cracking me up. But, yeah, our offensive line was not great. Tanner did not look great. But, again, credit to Illinois' defense. It's just amazing how a defense can give up only 14 points in essentially what was that one quarter, and um, we can't even score 14. And it's not hard. It should be that hard to score 14 on Illinois. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm just going to say, uh, like I said earlier, I was very disappointed in the result of this game and looking at how the entire game played out. Very disappointed. PJ 
did not have this team ready at all. Um, yeah. But what 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 bothers me too is we have amazing wide receivers, and we still tried to rush the ball thirty five different times, and we had a total of sixteen receptions. Um across one, two, three, four, five, six, seven players. That's not gonna cut it. Illinois is not that deep on defense. We need to stretch the field and that's something we didn't do. The most the most I liked the play calling was near the end of the game when they actually had to open up the playbook and do anything that wasn't a run right, run left. Yeah. Who I don't know who said who who made uh, I think I seen this uh, I don't know you've seen his podcast, Griff. Have you watched Realistic Randy on YouTube about Viking stuff? No. So in his podcast, he always rips on the Mike Zimmer style of coaching, what the Vikings always do. And his little jingle is, run, run, pass, defense, defense, defense. Like that's his little jingle for Mike Zimmer's uh, Vikings uh, offense and defensive play calling for his uh, games lately. And that's what I saw out of our Gophers. It's run, run, pass or run, 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 and if we don't make the uh, conversion to first down, we punt it and hope our defense makes a stop. And that's what I saw. And I know PJ really wants to play trestle ball, but I feel, but I think also like that from realistic Randy, but then I hear Laurent's like, Laurent's is like, you know, are we trying to play cute? Because we have so much more in our playbook until they start, like you said, opening up late in the fourth quarter to expand that. Like, because right now, we got three games left in the season. Iowa is this Friday, or this Saturday. Then next week is a not-so-great Indiana team, but if you sleep on them like we did the Illini, we can get our asses whooped. And then we got Wisconsin for rivalry week to finish off the regular season. Like, I don't know if there's like a they, 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 like, I don't know for like soups case like does a fire need to be lit under Mike Sanford and Mike uh, Mike Sanford and Matt Simon's asses to open up the playbook or are we just go keep doing the round and uh, ground and pound from PJ's trestle ball days? <sighs> I guess we're gonna find out next week against Iowa when in the first quarter we're gonna have about five rushing yards because Iowa's defense is gonna be all over it. Yep. I'm done with I'm I'm done with the Alina game. Want to move on? <laughs> Might as well. Yep. So proofing ahead, everyone, the Gophers will be in Iowa City, Iowa, to play against currently the number twenty Iowa Hawkeyes. Um, the Hawkeyes are currently at a seven and two overall record, four and two in conference play, and right now, just so everyone knows, in the Big Ten West, there's a four way tie for first place. With Wisconsin, us, Purdue, and Iowa right now for a four-way tie. Um, both teams will be playing for a rivalry trophy, which is the Floyd or Rosedale. Um, and I think we still lead the overall series, Griffin, somehow. Or am I wrong? Um... I think we might. We I think it's within like one game. 
no, actually, Minnesota leads the series 62-50-2. The trophy series, though, is tied. Yep. So, just so everyone knows, the last time we won the Florida Rosedale... Was in Kinnick, by the way, it was 1999. In Kinnick, 1999. Last time we won it was in Minneapolis uh, in 2014, where a Jerry Kill team... Beat them fifty-one to fourteen. Wow. Yep. And here has been uh, our more recent matchups. We lost to them in uh, fifteen forty to thirty-five, sixteen fourteen to seven, seventeen to ten, and seventeen eighteen forty-eight to thirty-one. Uh, twenty nineteen twenty-three to nineteen, and um, twenty twenty during the COVID year thirty-five to seven. Hmm. Yep. So, yeah. And then also, quick tidbits. Uh, this will air on Big Ten Network at a 2.30 p.m. kickoff. Uh, right now, in terms of ESPN's po- uh, football power index for FPI, they're favoring uh, Iowa 68% to us uh, 32% roughly. And then the money line has uh, the Gophers as plus 5.5 over under being at 37 Yeah, Iowa, this is going to be, I can see this game turning out kind of with a similar score to this Illinois game that we just had. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have a lot of, well, both teams need to run the ball to succeed, and neither team can really pass, even though Tanner Morgan is the better passer mm-hmm. in my eye. Um, but this game isn't going to work for the Gophers if they're going to try and run the ball. Because we know how good Iowa's defense is, and the and I actually want to note this: um, Iowa's starting quarterback Spencer Petrus is not playing; he is out with injury. Oh, oh so it's Padilla. So Alex Padilla will likely be get the starting nod for this weekend's game. That's interesting. I think he got hurt, or got a con- or Petrus got hurt, or got a concussion at the towards the end of um, the Northwestern game that they had last weekend, where uh, by- Iowa barely squeaked out 17-12. to 12. That does change it up a little bit because Padilla is a little bit more mobile, but I still don't know how great he is at reading the rest. So that, that'll be very interesting. I will be, that will, can either be really good for Iowa or really bad. Goodson is still their lead rusher at 170 carries for 754 yards with six touchdowns this season. Um, and then I think their uh, lead receiver, uh, who has 34 receptions for 391 yards and two touchdowns, is Sam Laporta, who is a 6'4, 250 pound uh, tight end. Only 350. Or 300. 350. Cheap. Awful. Yep. <laughs> So knowing how Iowa operates, they're uh, they're tight end you for sure because Laporta seems to be getting some numbers and being that safety yeah. net for their quarterback Spencer Petrus. But yeah, I will trust our DBs enough to play man if we can just for the love of God put eight people in the box for Tyler Goodson because Tyler Goodson is that guy that he can find a small seam and rip it wide open. Um. And our defense will let that happen if we're on the field too much. We just will. So, yep. it, 
be a battle of defenses, I'd say for the most part. And the the only way, not the only way, the difference in this game is going to be points off of, I wouldn't say unconventional, but maybe some more unsuspecting way. So we need we need the force fumble, strip sack, return it for a touchdown. We need the pick six. We need the safeties. Whatever whatever happens is likely going to be the difference in this game. So long story short, points off turnovers. Um because we know both offenses can't score. Yep. Yep. So let's go on to the key to the game for the Gophers, okay? Um, so first piece, I think you hit on is the la- uh, for the last game. I want our offense to open up the playbook. We have so many great players and playmakers on this team, not just at r- a running back. You got tight ends. Uh, that are solid, both Cole Keeft and Brevin Spanford, and receivers with Crab, uh, Dalen Wright, Daniel Jackson, Brady Boyd can be that fourth guy as well sometimes here and there. You know, yeah. open the playbook for them. Maybe do a couple of slam passes. Like, you know, our, our bread and butter is trust a ball, right? Running the ball. Use that uh-huh. to play action or RPOs. Because I feel like we uh, we the more we've gone away from play action from throwing the ball downfield uh, well, it costs us games. And in this case, um, Tanner, uh, and also uh, besides open up playbook, which can, you know, spread the offense on Iowa's side, but also I think uh, Tanner in this case has to play better. Again, you and I liked it that he threw 27 times last game uh-huh. like that's what we wanted wanted to see but we didn't get the result that we wanted because he threw two picks um early and late in the game so i want to see better play from tanner if we do open the playbook and spread spread the ball out and maybe at, put more outside zone as well because i think pj is trying to do more more and more inside zone and the more other teams know that we run that almost every time we're not going to get anywhere uh, so that's my first key is, you know, expand the playbook to spread the ball out. You know, I'll be outside, inside zone with RPOs, play action, or maybe just straight up pro offense. Use the big old line to stop them at the line of scrimmage and Tanner has protection in the pocket and he just slings it. So, right. Yep. Tanner, Tanner definitely needs to play better, but we also, on top of that, he can't play. He plays as well as our O line protects them. Mm-hmm. So, I would say another key is the offensive line dominating the line of scrimmage, which I felt we did not do last game. If Buck, if Bucky Irving's getting Bucko, if Bucko Irving's getting the ball in the backfield and he's already feeling pressure and he can't make a two step move to try to find a seam or a gap, he's screwed. But we had him make a couple nice outside runs where he found the edge. And he was able to uh, scamper for about 10, 12, 15 yards. Um, so Tanner will play as well as the offensive line protects him. Uh, that's going to be, I think, the first key. Yep. Uh, and then I would say another key to the game, what I kind of just mentioned earlier, is turnovers. There might only be two turnovers in this game, 
could be one to one, it could be zero to two. But if you score six points off those two turnovers, that could be the difference in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? Uh, let's see here. I do want to touch on this one. So I think on the defensive side, I think our defense are going to be solid, right? As they've been so far this past season. Um, I'm down for what you said, seven, eight guys in the box to stop the run game and let our DBs uh, make, make force their quarterback to beat our DBs. Uh, but I will say, um, I wouldn't mind having Jack Gibbons, you know, our, our, our one of our grad transfers that joined the Gophers, or Mariano Sorimir be that spy as well, because Alex Padilla does have legs, unlike Petrus. Um, so it may be good to have him uh, in coverage as well. Uh, but again, I, I expect our defense to be solid. Maybe they'll give up the first drive, which is go, which is usually scripted plays, because uh, as usual. But other than that, I I expect our defense to keep us in this game, as they've been throughout the season. Um, another thing, uh, when 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 I said open the playbook, I wouldn't mind seeing Cole Kramer sling it more than one pass a game. Yeah, he had a. I think I remember he went in for Tanner a couple of years ago in Kinnick when Tanner left with a little bit of injury yeah. and it it was picked off right at the end. And he was a true freshman, by the way, uh, at the time too, before he was redshirted. Um, but no, I'd say give Cole a chance because he, uh, when they think he would throw the ball, he just does a perfect step back, get his feet, uh, fundament like fundamentally his feet is in place. And then lobs a pass, like you know, not a great pass, but you know, a pass good enough to get up outside the hands of the um, defenders, like D linemen, and get it to our tight ends as a safety mm-hmm. blanket or or our or, uh, running backs. So I wouldn't mind seeing you know maybe two three passes uh, as well. Um, maybe I wouldn't mind rather being in the sh- uh, was it is a pistol where they're like the quarterback's a few yards behind the offensive line, like actual being in the shotgun under, like under center um, and taking the ball and take a QB sneak for one yard for a fourth one or third and one or fourth and one. Cause I haven't seen much of that. Again, open the playbook um, and then feast, let our receivers feast. You know, we know they can get separation. We can, we can do the slants. We can do, you know, the corner routes and post routes. You know, we can do all that. It's just, I'm, after seeing the Atlanta game and then the Bowling Green game that we lost, where we saw a very vanilla offense, I want more, but not too much that, you know, it's now working anywhere. And oddly enough, when Tanner scored the touchdown against Illinois, it was off a fourth and one bootleg, and he just walked in, and n- not a single defender picked up Tanner. And I sit there and think, if you run this play, maybe two, three times a game. Even even if you only ran it three times a game, I'm sure that I'm sure the I'm sure every defender is gonna um flock towards the running back. Like nobody's gonna pick up Tanner. It's Tanner always gets these solid gains or um solid conversions when he's when he's running. And even if even if um Cole Kramer's doing that, I wouldn't mind that at all. Kramer's got better legs than Morgan. And just in the I formation, this is where the RPO works perfectly for us. Yep. If we can play what a stack, 
if we can get Iowa to stack eight in the box, and it's it's one on one versus you know Dalen Wright, uh, Daniel Jackson versus any Iowa DB. This <laughs> this is where it can get. But yeah, hey, quick question. Um, I know amongst the quarterbacks, Jacob Clark, one of our other QBs, has a big arm. Who's our most speedy receiver amongst the four that we have that we've been talking about? I would, I think, no, I would, I think Dalen Wright probably has the best 40. Um, I could, I could look, but, but Crab definitely has the, um, physical stature would you see could you see a situation where we throw in maybe two quarterbacks in the field like you know how we have the wildcat for example right jacob clark in the play but just have dalen and chris run a great route run a route where they just burn the defensive back because remember assuming they stack the box right right deep db and just chuck it deep because i think out of all of our quarterbacks, Jacob Clark has the best deep arm. And we saw that, I think, in 2019 when he came in for reserve duty um, and threw that nice pass to, uh, I think I think at the time it was probably Brady, Brady Boyd or someone else, uh, one of our six, seven-string receivers. Um, again, I'm open to that. Again, I'm open to anything as long as it gets the offense rolling and, you know, pumped up, excited, and morale uh, up there. Um but I do agree, though, on the defensive side, when we have to stop Iowa's offense, stop the run, and don't and try and try to make that quarterback beat us and have our DBs be ready to go. Um, but I think that's it. Uh, again, my keys to game just offense be better <laughs> in general, give me something to work with, uh, and defense just play as they always do and contain the QB and running backs. Anything else, or want to go on predictions? Uh, one more thing for, in terms of keys of the game is just pressure on Padilla. Make him make arid throws. Hit him a couple. Even if, even if he lets the ball go and, you know, you're one step in away from hitting him, just push him to the ground. Make him feel like he's constantly under pressure. Make him, make him throw the ball away. Force an intentional grounding. Like, literally whatever you can do to rough the dude up a little bit without, you know, purposely hurting him because that would be bad. Uh And we need more than one sack. That's just abysmal. Yep. Um, if you're okay with it, you want to go to uh, predictions. So I'll start off here. So preseason, I said we would lose um, for this game. And I'm going to say uh, Iowa will hit the spread and they'll be, or, or cover the spread and they'll beat us uh, 27 to 20. If the lose, I don't. I, I know it's going. I think it's going to be a dog fight, but it's going to be more scoring, not like you know the te- teens that we've seen Iowa and Minnesota played. Uh, if we win, though, um, I'm taking the Gophers twenty to fourteen, and the reason we have this twenty score is that Matt Trickett will miss miss an extra point and a couple of field goals throughout this game because I don't trust our kickers, or at least him <laughs> kicking. Fair enough. All right, what did Griff say preseason? Uh, you said loss as well. Here we go. Let's do 
This is going to be a game of predominantly field goals in my eyes. Okay. Let's go. Let's go 19 for Iowa. And Oh. Gosh. Oh, tough. Maybe seven. We get a touchdown, an extra point, but throw a pick in the. 15 for the Gophers. 15, okay. You want to provide a win, rec- a win prediction, too, if we win it? 2-0. to zero. No, okay. <laughs> uh, let's, let's do... Um... Let's do a 20 to 16. I'm keeping it within the spread. I got uh, I got a lunch on a coworker that's an Iowa fan. <laughs> so he said he'd give me at least the spread. They're assuming they're going to win. So Gophers just have to lose by less than five and a half. All right. Well, that's pretty much it for our preview for the Iowa game. Again, it's this Saturday, um, November the 13th. Uh, Big Ten Network at 2.30 p.m. kickoff. Um, if you're a fan that does not have it on your local listing, as right now the Big Ten Network is only airing in states that air the Big Ten for your local team, I really do advise YouTube TV or uh, for if you're in the state or Fubo TV because you have more coverage around the country. Can I promote, can I promote an illegal streaming site that I used to watch? We're not sponsored, so you can. Okay sportsurge.net it is I've, I've watched every single gopher game that I've needed to on there they have every single college football game super great site spelled out just like I said at sportsurge.net it is a beautiful thing and it has saved me several times awesome awesome well uh, moving on from uh, previewing the gopher game here uh, any Discussion points. Um, well, I'll say this: the Vikings lost uh, to the Ravens in overtime when we got an interception from a tipped pass. <sighs> Sanford pulls plays, or Kubiak pulls plays right out of Sanford's book. It's like great. First and ten, moving backwards, moving backwards, moving backwards, like. The Vikings had everything going their way for a while, and they just pissed it away. But we can expect nothing less. Yep. I kind of see Mike Emmer as Scott Frost, where they could keep extending him for a year, but it's still just delaying the end result of they're just going to get fired. Yep. And if the... Source, uh, you found out that the Zilt, the Wilps, were coming in on Mondays, which they usually don't, to talk to the to Mr. Rick Spielman, the GM, and the staff. Um, not good. It's a it's a wake up call saying get your she's together, man. Yeah, we have a nice stadium. We have a great fan base. Um, this team looks better. On paper, it was really good on paper. We're not using utilizing it. Like I think Thielen and Jefferson did not have much in terms of the passing game last game as well. Um, Dalvin is not hitting his you know cent- like hundred yards plus a game as well. So, oh, man, 
And also, on the O-line, only our tackles are doing well. Christian Derrissa, our rookie left tackle, and then Brian O'Neill, our right tackle that we extended, have been solid. But then our interior has been superbly garbage. <sighs> well, we had Bradbury go down with injury, right? And then we had Mason Cole Mason, step in. Mason Cole did a solid job, I would say, for back for a backup. But I have to see how he does more and more games because, again, that's only a one-game sample. Um, so we'll have to see. But I, I don't trust our guards. Um, Oli Udo has been... Uh, I'd say a trainer. He did well early season, but it's been sucking since. And then Ezra Cleveland is a tackle playing guard. Yeah, disappointed in the Vikings as well. And the keeper. Uh, I, I. Some people ask me like, why do you stay a Minnesota fan? Because I was born into it, man. My dad was a Vikings fan. Is a Vikings fan. Also saw Gopher stuff, so I was forced into it. And also, we were in marching band, watching games, watching almost every home game. So. You have to put you're you're invested into the sports here in our local state. So, yep. They they all say that now, but when eventually that Super Bowl happens, you're like, well, I'm not a fake fan. I'm not a bandwagon. I'm not jumping ship. Yeah, true, true. Uh, even though if we're sucking, I'll still keep the game on TV or stay in person until the end because you know you know you may know whatever happens. You could score like double-digit points in the last two, three minutes. Uh, who knows? So, um, I think that's all I have for the podcast tonight, Griff. You have anything else? Any hot takes? Oh, besides uh, Nebraska firing four assistants immediately and extending Frost for another year. <laughs> They're just delaying the inevitable. Yep. And- but, it, but, it, but it shows that the pressure's on Scott Frost. And Finally, they're sticking up. So he just slacked him in uh, uh, in Lincoln, and then he gets fired. God, wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't that be great? Yep. Well, uh, that's gonna wrap up for tonight's podcast, everyone. But uh, thank you so much for listening in to our, you know, disappointments and sadness for the loss, and then you know, previewing a very uh, again rivalry week tough game against Iowa ahead for uh, our beloved trophy, Florida Rosedale. But um, we'll see you guys uh, next time, next week for episode 43 uh, to recap the Iowa game and preview our uh, matchup against the Indiana Hoosiers. And then from there, uh, we'll cover the last, in 43, recap the last week of the season, uh, rivalry week against the Wisconsin Badgers for Paul Bunyan's axe, uh, which could be a fight for the division title. Likely. We'll see. But thanks for joining us, and we'll see you all next time. And again, I'm one of your hosts, Jason O. And I'm Griffin Most. And we'll see you all next time. Have a great day, everyone. Oh. Oh.